This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Forever Bristol City podcast, the first of our season 23-24 preview episodes. Um, I'm delighted to say for the first one, we've got our regular contributor, uh, Ian Gay. And uh, better than that, we've got club legend, former player, Paul Cheesley. So without any uh, further ado, let's crack on as we preview 23-24 and a little bit more. Paul, uh, this is a big season for Bristol City, big season for Nigel Pearson, isn't it? Yeah, well, you've just got a couple of players on board in the first season. Finished off not too bad, really, I guess, in the season. There's a couple of um, positions that maybe needed a bit of strengthening. Um, and I think he's tried to achieve that now. The pre-season friendly so far, I've not seen or hear play, but Conway seems to be popping goals in. Not being rude about the opposition, but um, if you can find the back of the net, everything goes well for the season. Yeah. Um, Ian, there's no doubt we've been scoring freely 25 goal, 26 if you include last night's uh, 1 1 draw at uh, Cheltenham. But the quality of the opposition, um, you know, it's confidence boosting for the. Um, Confidence boosting for the strikers putting the ball in the net because you've got still got to put the ball in the back of the net. But even Rob Atkinson was commenting on Robin's TV that the defence haven't really been tested yet, have they? And, you know, he's not played a settled side. So, you know, with the season 10 days away, you know, we sort of know what the team's going to look like. But do you think it's the ideal preparation? Well, there seems to be two schools of thought, Dave. There's the... Well, you can only beat what's in front of you. We're getting good minutes into the legs. Quite a few players have played 90 minutes because of last night. Uh, some players played, or all the players, played two games in three days, which is what they have to do during the season. There's that school of thought. So, the well, it doesn't really matter that much what the opposition is. 
The other school of thought is people that are saying, and this is across social media, so this isn't me, um, they're saying, well, it's a complete waste of time. You might as well go and play Axminster Town or Barton Rangers or somebody like that if you're if, you know if if you're if that's your criteria um so I, I don't think any of the games before yesterday were a test and i think only really the cheltenham game was a test and we came through it all right what's concerning me at the moment and we may come on to it but i'll i'll, I'll say anyway is the fact that at the moment we've got seven players that are injured. Now, that's two. Oh, which, so, yeah, let's come on to that in a minute. I think some yeah, are that, more, that's, some are more that's injured. That's my main concern. I, I don't think, yeah. we won't know if the preparation's been right until we've played the first, I don't know, five, six, well, ten. five games. There's seven games if we beat Oxford in the cup. The seven games between now and the international break. I mean, Paul, when, when Alan Dix, I mean, back in the day then, you know, we didn't have the squad size that there is now, but... Did Alan sort of stick with his lineup all the way through training so everybody knew where they were going to play? Or is it getting minutes on the pitch? And as Ian said, the players have all played 90, yeah, but against weak opposition. I mean, was it was it different back then? Did you sort of know this is how we're gonna play and let's stick with it through all the all the preparation? Well, I think Alan did a better plan and uh, we put all that into operation. He wanted to play a certain way. But also, you've got to remember that uh, does that play suit the team that you're going to play on a Saturday, which is another thing. So, I think what he tried to do is place our strengths in the main part. And if you consider in that season, the promotion season, he only played 18 players all season, which is phenomenal, really. And, and to be quite honest, three or four of them played every single game, including the cup matches. So, it was quite a settled side. We didn't get as many injuries, fortunately. Um, <coughs> The little niggles seem to be um, different than they were then. I mean, we used to play with a bit of a knock, but you know, you, if you've got a strong squad and you want to get people fit again, you've got to you've got to leave them out in every place. But um, yeah, we had a plan to work too, and um, it, it kind of worked, I guess. <laughs> the results kind of speak for themselves. Yeah. And what about the quality of opposition? Because again, I'm going back in the day, and I'm sure you can remember as well. You know, you'd usually play. You know, you'd have a, a game against decent opposition at home as a precursor to the season and play one or two decent clubs. I'm guessing this season we haven't had a game at Ashton Gate because the pitch has been relayed. But the first time that they're going to have 90 minutes on there is going to be uh, against Preston on August the 5th. I mean, do you, do you think they might have a little sneaky practice game on the pitch anyway sort of thing? Or 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 um, or, or what? We believe that um, you should you should fine tune your team in the pre-season friendlies to get yourself where you think you want to be starting, and then have a big game against the Premiership opposition. Somebody to give you a good test, just to show you can fine tune everything. You can move a few things around if you need to, but if you don't, how can you make the adjustments? Yeah. Ian, I mean, it's interesting. Some of these matches that we've we've played, where we've been rattling in all these goals. I mean, Oxford, for example, that was even a weakened Oxford side because they played the night before. Um, I think in a, in another in another game, and it wasn't our strongest team. But you know, does it seem? Let's say fitness seems to be seems to be in the priority, doesn't it, in this preseason? 
Well, I suppose it depends what kind of fitness you're talking about. If you're talking about match fitness, then yes. If you're talking about not getting injured, then so far, no. Um, so, and and just to pick, pick up on what Paul was saying, the season City got promoted. It's important for particularly our younger listeners to remember there were only 42 games in the season and you were only allowed one substitute. Yeah. And also it was eight players that played every game of the season. So it, it was different times. Let's just say that. But um, uh, yeah, it, it's, I don't see much to be gained from walloping teams 8-0. I mean, yeah. OK, it, it gets your strikers getting used to finishing in a competitive match, but I honestly think... Uh, the, 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 um, that's, uh, that's, that's, more of a, that's more of a test, Paul, isn't it, than uh, playing against the second-string Oxford United. And, you know, it, it, it was interesting. I read about that. And then I think Wolves, one of the reasons given why they can't do the Scott transfer, although it looks like it's going to fall down because they haven't got the money now, they were on a summer training camp. And we did this intensive week away in Austria, whereas to me, you know, maybe we'd have been better doing that at home and gone abroad and play Wolves behind closed doors and a second division team in Spain or or Italy or something like that. Or am I... I think I'm being picky, really, aren't I, or 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 not? You learn a bit more. I, I get the summer training camp to bomb the players together, but you know, we I I I I just think everybody's hopes. I I've got high hopes for City this season. You know, I really think it's going to be a good season. But I can my confidence will be shattered if we go to Pompey. And bearing in mind we're going to be up against Marlon Pack and probably Riley Tower. If we go there and we we got beat. It's just going to take the wind out of everybody's sails, isn't it? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I'm going to summer break to go and have a pre-season jolly. And I, I particularly think uh, trips abroad should be at the end of the season, not at the beginning. You should be concentrating. And not only that, you're going to go and play against foreign opposition. We're not going to play against them in the season. You're True. not going to have a different style of football. I know you, you say a test, but Different styles of football, different pressurisation uh, at the back, high presses, low presses, whichever. This is not English football. We should be playing teams in English football in pre-season for anything. Yeah, chess from them. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, Ian, we lost you for a moment uh, there. I mean, let's look at um, the team then. The, 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 Ian, you said the seven players injured. I'm guessing you're adding Conway and Vyman to that, that we just quote from... Um, Curtis last night, little knocks. Um, who, who's the other? Who's the other five? I, I, I can I can think well, of you've four got, of them. Well, hang on, I'll, I'll tell you. You've got uh, Benarus, who's not going to be available to play. This this is when people should be available to play first team football. Uh, available for selection. You've got Benarus mid to the end of September. Akko October at the earliest. So that's your two. Then you've got the ones that didn't play last night, which is Vyman for injury. Naismith, knee, not far away, according to Curtis Fleming. When people down at Ashton Gate say not far away, that frightens me to death because Naismith was not far away and going to be 10 days, and then he missed 10 weeks. Yeah. Uh, McCrory's got a slight problem with his quad. Um, he didn't feature last night and may not feature Saturday. And then last night, Conway and Viner went off. Now, Viner was... a quote, a bit stiff, 
and Conway got a kick on the ankle. Um, so, I mean, I think he said, Ian, in fairness, I think he said, uh, Curtis, that the ones that went off last night were precautionary, and we, we all know about yeah, Bellabus and Atkinson, we, long rehab. The key yeah. one here, the key one here is Cal Naismith, yeah? Yeah. And McCrory, less so Wyman, because if fit, Naismith and McCrory are starters in the first 11. Let me ask Paul that. Would you say if fit, Naismith and McCrory are first picks? Well, definitely Naismith. He um, picked from the back, doesn't he? But I haven't seen the other guy play very much in fairness. So, a bit of a funny comment if I'm going to make one. But apparently his credentials go quite well. And it would seem that the way that style of it they both play would suit, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's interesting. I mean, some of the uh, youngsters here have come through. Excuse me. <coughs> some of the youngsters in this preseason have come through um, glowingly. I mean, you know, Leeson at fullback. I think he scored a couple of goals in the uh, preseason, and then you've got uh, the the lad at the back who can play left uh, centre, Roye. Um, that's the upside, I guess. Certain players having a breakthrough in this uh, early period, yeah. Well, you'd hope so. I mean, you'd hope that um, Arroyo uh, would be able to play first-team football, but remembering that he's only 17, I think. Um, you've got Josh Campbell-Slow, who came on, who's another left-sided player, although he played right-centre-back in that game. But, I mean, I'm not being, I'm not being unkind, but I think I could have played right-centre-back in that game because uh, the defence were under no pressure at all. Um there was, uh, you've got Sam Bell, looks to me like he's put on about three quarters of a stone of muscle. Uh, he looks a lot stronger, and he, but he hasn't lost any pace. And he know, we know Sam knows where the net is. Uh, Tommy Conway goes like saying, could be a massive season for him. So I, I'm pleased. I like the look of the little bit uh, we've seen of uh, Jed Meerholtz, who's another one who's only 17. Uh, Leeson, I like the look of. Knight LaBelle as a central defender, looks powerful in the air. He's no giant, but he looks powerful in the air. Um, very calm and very assured. Once again, right-sided. I'm, I'm pleased with him. And um, I, I think that's one thing that's come out of pre-season is how far along those are. Yeah. Uh, the key okay. thing for me, on I, I can't say McCrory is going to be a first-team choice. He should be because we paid decent money for him to come in. And Pearson said he sees him as a right back, but I haven't seen him play. So I'm not going to say, well, he should be this. Or he should <laughs> well, it's too early. It's too early to... It's well, Naismith played 20-odd games last season. Yeah. I yeah. still, um, and I don't think I'm in a minority here, I still don't think that his best position is left centre-back, particularly not in a four. Who's I, this? Carl Naismith. Oh God, yeah. All right, let me let me I think he's he's better at the he's better at the base of the midfield because of his passing range. And if he does happen to make a make a ricket, he's got some cover behind him. And that's but that as I say, that's not just my opinion. There's quite a few people have said that. But the 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 uh, I don't think he plays in the I don't think he plays in the back uh, uh, at all, Naismith, when he's fit. And I I mean I think now, Paul, Nigel has got a squad. I think he's made 18, nearly 20 signings, definitely. Um, some players are, are, are definite starters. 
Um, you know, the, the side almost, I mean, if I asked you to pick a side for Preston based on who's available and Scott being here, in some areas of the, in some areas of the, uh, in some areas of the pitch, it we is a difficulty sort of deciding who to pick, isn't it? You know, because Ian said, well, Naismith plays in the middle, but then you've got um, Knight has been signed. Well, Dave, James, I didn't. I said I'd I'd prefer him. Is yeah, you pre- hang on. Yeah, just asking. I, I didn't got... say I'd start him. No, no. It, it, I mean, can could you name if somebody said to you you're picking a team against Preston Paul, what would your starting eleven be? And as some people would say, but it's not an eleven because you've got nine subs and you can use five. But what does the shape of the side look like to you? I'm talking to me now. Yeah, I'm talking to you now, Paul. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, Ian. I'm from flying blind here. I could hardly hear anything you said, but myself, I mean, you, you need, I, for me, I, I just need a solid, a solid central back two. Um, and Naismith, maybe, as you said, he could be, he could be anchor player in midfield or he can play in the back four. So you have a choice there, really, kind of a utility player, if you like. Um, but I, I just want some kind of shape, really, and, and people working together. You can't have two isolated at top. If you've got the ball, you need to get the ball to them and get support around. I just want everybody to be together. You need running off the ball for each other, working for each other. You, you can throw anybody in there. As long as they're prepared to work hard and play for the system and, and, and gel and, and, and fit into that system, then you've got plenty of choices. Yeah, no, that's true. And it is, as, as Dave Febs, one of the contributors on here, he would often say, you know, it's well, uh, it, it's not an eleven on a match day. It's an eighteen of which you can use five subs. You know, yep. it's it's. I mean, for me, you know, I if if everybody was fit on the opening day against Preston, my team would be well. You got no choice in goal with Max at fullback if he's fit. You know, you got to have McCrory, which is a bit tight on Tanner because Tanner finished the season well. In the back four, Viner, player of the season. Uh, Dickey, even though he's right-footed, he's making that position his own. And then Cam Pring, he got the left-back berth. But then the lad who signed from uh, Brighton, Roberts, he's done very, very well in uh, pre-season. So that's your back four. As you say, the anchor player in the middle, um, you know, and assuming Scott's here, if you're saying Cal Naismith is one of those players plus Scott, and then you've yeah. got, and then you've got the lad Knight. That's your three: Naismith, Scott, and Knight. That's leaving out Matty James and Joe Williams straight away. You know who? You know, do you have them as players from the bench? And then up front, up front, it gets even more complex because up front, you'd say Tommy Conway is a definite starter. But where's and if fit? Where's Andy Vyman, Harry Cornick, Mametti? Is Sam Bell better than Mametti? What about Naki Wells, who's doing really well, it seems, in pre-season and bringing players on. And then you've got Sykes as well. We've got so many options, haven't we, in that in that front end of the pitch? Paul. Yeah, I, just, I, I think um, the choice up front is quite vast. I still would like to see a big, overly tall striker like myself to win the ball in the air at the yeah. far post. But that said, we play to a start where we can get down the touch lines a little bit and drive the ball yeah. down and where we get our goals on. Um, and we're playing to that that system really, where you know we, we don't put that high loopy ball in the box because we don't have a great big striker for somebody really really powerful in the act. Yeah. So we 
fun. And I, I quite like the style we play, considering we don't have that kind of availability. But all in all, up front, we've got plenty of choices, haven't we, really? Um, but there is, <laughs> but if, if you're chasing a game, you can take a midfield player off and put another strike on because we've well, got the strength and depth in that department. So for me, I'd, I'd prefer to have a plan, I don't know. Four, 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 two, or four, three, three. But if you're playing four, four, two, you've got to play your, your midfielders out wide, left, and right. You can get four down the byline for you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, plenty of different options. And as you said, we've got plenty of strikers to choose from. Yeah. I mean, I think Tommy, Ian, would you agree with me that Tommy, Tommy Conway, he's got one of those, if we're playing a four, one, four, yeah, definitely four at the back, and then two, what four two one three or a variation on that? Tommy Conway's got one of the front three, hasn't he? Yeah, would you say no? If if you look on my Twitter account, you'll see a team on there that I I pinned about three weeks ago, and uh, the the starting the back four. I don't know how anybody. I, I think Pearson, if he's fit, will pick McCrory, which as you say is grossly unfair on George Tanner. Yeah. I think on the fact that McCrory's not played games, uh, you've got O'Leary, uh, Campring, Rob Dickey, Zach Biner, George Tanner. Uh, the midfield base he'll pick will probably be Matty James, uh, Jason Knight. Jason Knight isn't a holding player. He's not a 10. He's an 8. So he's more akin to a Marvin Elliott or a Josh Brownhill. Yeah. Anything else? He, he, he'll break up the play in the final third, which is he scored a goal doing that, or a couple of goals doing that. Um, then he'll play Scotty, and then your three up front will be Sykes on the right, Bell on the left, Conway in the middle, assuming they're all fit. That's, I'd be amazed if I was two players out on that team for the Preston game, barring injuries. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. Ian, uh, sorry, uh, Paul. You look at midfield, when um, you were playing, Jerry Gow, some seasons would weigh in. One season, I think he got 14, but he'd weigh in with six or seven. Um, even Pearson said now, you know, our midfield, and, and Jimmy Mann, he'd score the odd goal from time to time. Um, the City team, even with Alex Scott, it's not blessed with goal scoring, is it? Goal scoring capability. And the manager said he needs more from his midfield players, doesn't he? Yeah, the work rate's there, the ability's there, but I think really now and again you've got to say, well, I'm going to push forward into the box now and try and get myself on the end of something. Um, if you're too stayed and yeah. have kind of a square midfield and nobody's pushing and probing, they're not going to get goals. Also, uh, things when the ball does go into the box, you expect the midfield players expect our strikers not to get there. Yeah. To be on the edge of the box ready for the drops. And I think that if we put a couple of players, you've got to be willing to work hard in between the two boxes, mind. But you can get one going forward, and then the other three stay. If you, that's if you're playing four in the field, or get a, a couple of you just adding on to the strike force, and maybe getting on the end of a couple of couple of shots for goals. But um, yeah, I think Mr. Pierce is probably right about not not getting enough goals from midfield. Yeah, Paul, how much? Um, I mean, Alex Scott, it's been said that he's going here, there, well, notably Bournemouth and Wolves. But, you know, if that's a transfer that happens right at the end of the window, the amount of money we're going to get for him, Pearson's not going to get all of the money, clearly. 
But if he does, you know, he's probably let's say he got half the money, yeah, half the money. Yeah, that in this post-COVID world, that's enough to go and make quite a difference to the side in key areas, isn't it? Notably, I mean, in goal, you got Max. He's not really got an understudy like uh, Ray Cashy had in uh, John Shaw there, but yeah. Scott going, I. I be disappointed if he went, but I don't. He, I don't think he's the difference between us being in the playoffs and not. Whereas spending the money, if he does go, I do think is a difference. Do, do, what do you think of that view? And I'll ask Ian the same questions. But uh, you know, it, well, we, we'd have wanted the money. We'd have wanted the money now, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen, if at all, until the end of August. Yeah. Well, I've got. A, I've got. A, this is purely my opinion. If you want to get promotion, you keep your best players. Yeah. Avoid the temptation to sell, no matter what the price. How long has he got left on his contract? First and foremost. Will well, he's he got. He's out. Well, he's. He. This is the. This is the other thing, Paul. He's out of contract in summer twenty-five, right? right? But his value this summer, if he doesn't sign an extension, his value will go down markedly if he's still here this time next year. Unless he signs a year-long extension, yeah, right. and with a buyout clause of say twenty-five million, because he might start the season phenomenally well and by Christmas have, I don't know, three goals and seven assists, which is more than he did the whole of last season, and his value could go up. But if he doesn't sign that contract extension, he's a better player through playing the minutes that he's done with us. But we're not going to get as much money as we would now. But I, I agree your point. We shouldn't sell our best players. I, I think also that um, capture, the, capture the player. I mean, I'd be saying, look, what do you want? Where's, what's your ambition? Everybody wants to play in the Premiership, but if we get a side around you to do well and get in the playoffs and actually get up, you're there already, aren't you? So let's have a little bit more effort from you. Also, play out your contract. We'll look at it at the end of this season, this coming season. If you do well, your value goes up. It's always putting yourself in the shop window. If you play well, people are going to notice. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. No, that that totally counterbalances what I've said. Ian, what's your view on uh, what's your view on Scott? It would have been Paul said, "Don't sell your best players," which makes total sense. But you know, is do you do you what what do you feel about the situation in general? Unfortunately, in this day and age, you've got to sell your best players. Um, I'm sure West Ham didn't want to sell Declan Rice, but when somebody dangles 105 million and when Declan Rice says, Declan Rice was in exactly the same position as Alex Scott, in the sense he had two years left on his contract and he said to West Ham, I'm not going to sign another contract because I want to play Champions League football. So they thought, right, Better bite the bullet and have 105 million that we can spend on replacing him. Uh, and one player they're looking at uh, said to be in advanced talks with is James Ward-Prowse from Southampton, who's a different player from Declan Rice, but a good one. Um, it, it, it's the fact of life in football today. You can't, if you're Bristol City, you can't turn your nose up at 25 million plus add-ons, providing the payment structure is right. And it's very important. Yeah that some people think transfers are cash. They're not. If we get 25 million for Scott, somebody like Wolves would try and pay us over four years. Now, Steve Lansdowne wouldn't accept that, but he would probably accept two. 
So you're getting 12 and a half million a year, and that would probably be paid monthly uh, or possibly initially with a bigger deposit. So you've, and, and when we buy players, we, we buy them in a similar way for, if, you know, for a decent sum of money, I mean, but uh, with, with Scotty, the club have been, they couldn't have been clearer. They want 25 million as a fee yeah. and want 5 million in add-ons. Now, if Scott well, said that, has that has that got on the record in five million in add-ons? Because well, yeah, it, it has. I mean, everybody knows what the number is. Every journalist, and I'm talking about journalists, not clickbait providers, is saying the club are said to want twenty-five million. Now they've all got that number from somewhere, unless they've all made it up. And I'm talking about you know proper uh, agents, like uh, or not agents, journos like. Peter, Peter Rourke, yeah, Rourke, yeah, the guys on Sky, Carve, Solico, uh, and, and people like that, and, and some of the guys on Sky, on Sky are, uh, is it Mark McAdam or McAndrew? But it's quite close to Bournemouth as well, so he's got his his yeah his, his nose to the ground down there. Um, so you know, ba- basically, we wanted twenty five. Bournemouth came in, took the Mickey, offered us fifteen. Um, that got rejected. Wolves had already offered 18 million in January. That was rejected. Then they came in and offered 18 million again with some more extras. But I don't think anybody's got past the basic bid of 20 million. Yet. So he's now, still got to be it. Well, the, wor- the worst person to try and buy anything from is somebody that don't want to sell it. So the analogy I use is like me coming to you and you've got a house that is got a market value of, of a million pounds. Bournemouth have offered us 500,000 for it. And yeah. in mind, you don't want to sell this house and you don't need to sell it. Bournemouth have offered us 500,000 pounds and then Wolves have come in and offered us 600,000 pounds. We're still not going to sell it because it's worth a million pounds. You, you're okay. not going to sell it. And and Lansdowne, I'm not saying Bristol City because Bristol City haven't got any money, but Lansdowne has, you know, will say, no, 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 no. He either stays and plays here and Scotty's not agitating for a move. That's no, the no. thing. If he down tools for something like that, and he ha- definitely hundred percent hasn't, um, then you could well, say if he's, if he's a if he's a genuine lad and a, an appreciative appreciative of the fact that he's been given his chance and he's held it based on ability. If he is a nice chap and he's not got a bad agent whispering in his ear, he should. It'd be nice if he just signed an extension with a twenty-five million buyout. Yeah? yeah, such that we exactly, are protected yeah, to it's, a degree. It's yeah, exactly that's, what, that's my view. That's exactly what I said to you the other day, David. Yeah. If, if he, yeah. Okay. If he, does, um, if he does that, it takes the pressure off. Takes the pressure off. No, that's what I'd like to and, see. And the club, and a lot of the chat goes away. So you basically, as I've said to people when I've been conversing with Wolves fans and Bournemouth fans on Twitter, uh, you know, one Bournemouth fan, for example, it, it said, we've got a 100 million transfer budget. So I said, I don't think you have for a minute, but let's assume you're going to spend every single penny of the television money this season. And clubs have done it. Fulham did it and then got oh, relegated. Yeah. I, I said to him, all you've got to do is pay the right fee. And then it's a question of whether Alex Scott wants to come and play for you. Now, yeah. he's going to play in the Premier League. No well, if he goes to Bournemouth, he's more likely to play every week. If he goes to Wolves, he'll get more games than he would do if he went to one of the bigger clubs. Top, okay, top, cool. Yeah. Um, it, 
season starts, the international break is always a bit of a watershed. People are saying, and I, I don't disagree with it, we've got a reasonably soft start. Ian and I were talking the other day about how many points needed to get into the playoffs. 1.6 points a game gets you 73 points. So the opening five games of the season before the international break, eight points. Um, that, that that looks achievable, I think, Paul, when you look at Preston home, Millwall away, Birmingham home, Hull away and Swansea away. Do you think, do you think that's... Uh, I think that's an achievable haul from the opening, uh, the opening five. I think we should probably. You, know, you, you might come, up, you might have a little hiccup and lose a game one nil or something like that. But predominantly, what we don't want to do is lose a game. Yeah. The object, the exercise. If, <laughs> if you don't concede, you can't lose. Yeah. So even, even five nil nil draws is five points, you know. But for me, I think we can. We could probably win two or three of those easily. Yeah. I think we I think we have to win two of those, yeah. And if you look at it, you know, it's you know, it's doable. It's do, it's doable. It's not like the first five we've got Southampton home, Leicester away, West Brom yeah. at home and what have you. And do you agree with me, Paul, that some of the clubs they seem to be in a bit of a financial mess? I mean, Watford, they seem to have been shedding players like nobody's business. West Brom have got no money. Sometimes we look at names and think they're a big club, but we are actually in a very strong situation compared to a lot of clubs other than those with current or residual parachute payments, aren't we? Well, I, I think you're right, Dave, because um, if you look at the youngsters that have come through the ranks, they're not on massive salaries. Actually, if you sign somebody like from West Brom or somebody who's on, I don't know, whatever money, uh, you've got to match that or even beat it to get somebody on board. These guys who come through the ranks, they're gradually increasing in, in their salaries as they as they produce the goods even more and more and they're and they're more current in the in the first team. So yeah, they're gonna want more money. But it's when you buy players as well and you have at the wages but this is where a lot of um clubs get close to the financial fair play league thing. Um so yeah, spend too much money, you get caught out, especially if you if you take a chance. And spend a lot of millions of pounds on getting players there for the sole reason of promotion doesn't always work, does it? No. But there's some clubs that have achieved it uh, for a lot less money than Steve Lansdowne has committed to the club, for which we're eternally grateful. But he's not Absolutely. he's not found that holy grail yet, has he? And some people have achieved a lot more for a lot less, but that's a that's another story. Ian, um, 73 points, I think you said when we were chatting the other day, it's sort of like pretty much guarantees you in the playoffs. So every batch of five games is eight points. Yeah, I know Gary Johnson used to look at batches of 10, but going into the international break, do you agree with the view that it's not a hard, it could have had a harder start than what we've been presented with? Oh, very much so. Um, you know, I, 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 I think I'd, I'd be looking at after, after seven league games, I'd be looking at looking at having twelve points. Um, that I, I and that's after that seven. All right, I'm, I'm talking about after five because we got there's the international break. Yeah, so that gives everybody a chance to draw breath and the window shut. So you're saying twelve, after, seven. After, so. Yeah, and after after five, I, I'd expect nine. Yeah, um, it, which it, is a big ask, isn't it? That's winning three out of those five, then, isn't it? Well. Or going undefeated, winning two and drawing three. 
Yeah, but that's not a, if we did that, you wouldn't say that that was an amazing start. You'd say it was a good start. Um, but but what you've got uh, what if you look at the uh, last year was a, a bit of a misnomer because it was I kept saying it was a very average stroke poor championship last season and the team that finished sixth got 69 points now as i said to you the other day the average number of points before last season for a team finishing sixth was 75 now the highest uh sixth place was i think was about 80 81 i think you said 80 i think you said 80 and yeah 80 points so um last season was a fantastic and i kept saying it all through the season it was a fantastic opportunity that if we were going to push towards the playoffs, we couldn't. And we didn't do it. I think one of the key reasons was was injuries. Yeah. Uh, we kept like, losing key players and all in the same position at key times. You know, all the centre-backs, all the central midfield players. And, and that there was a kind of a theme that I felt uncomfortable with all the yeah. season. And that's yeah. why I'm uh, not critical, but I'm concerned about the amount of injuries that we've already got. Well, you said all the way along here we need twenty-eight man squad of first team ready players, but and we've uh, got and we've got twenty-four now. Unless you're going to say to me, "Well, look, we're throwing in six, seven of the under twenty-ones because they're ready to go." And I'm talking about the likes of Mir Holtz, Arroyo, uh, Leeson. Yeah, you can add add those lads in, but when the time comes, when push comes to shove, they've got to be able to play. And I don't yeah. mean. Yeah, minutes here and there. Okay, okay. Um, not time to talk about Hanoa not signing for Burnley and Callas. He's not, clearly not on the bus, otherwise he'd be training with us. Paul, um, I just want to ask you a few questions about sort of general football stuff in a moment. First of all, this Saudi Arabian Super League, Mbappe, two hundred and seventy-three million, and Marco Silva, I think he's turned it down, offered. 40 million quid to run a team for two years. This is getting silly now, isn't it? Well, it's a bit like Qatar. Why was Qatar named for the World Cup? Because they bought into it. They paid money to somebody. And that's why it was staged in Qatar. And also the fact that being their host, they get a team in the, in the, in the competition, don't they? Yeah. This is the thing that the Saudis are doing that. The Saudis are trying to buy their way into the big leagues. Yeah. Not I think it's obscene for a start. And if Mbappe goes there, I think he's very, very foolish. Yeah. One. Are you just chasing the money or chasing the bloody sandcastle? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, I, I just think that um, it's obscene, the money that's been banded around that. Listen, don't get me wrong. Somebody said to me when I was playing, Alex Ferguson came out and said, Mr. Cheesley, how would you like me to quadruple your wages to come to Man United? I think you might think about it a little bit. Yeah. Well, likewise, Marco Silva, that's very brave of him saying because he could lose his first four games in the Premier League and be out. I mean, I think they're, you know, these players have only got where they are because they are, have done it in the European leagues and what have you. So it's a bit, it's a bit like the Harlem Globetrotters. It's just becoming a bit of a showboat. A bit like Messi going to uh, 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 Miami, whatever they're called, Beckham's. Uh, Beckham's yeah. Do you agree with Paul on that, Ian? It's just getting silly money now, isn't it? Uh, well, uh, sorry, sorry, Paul. Yeah, silly money. Yeah. Well, footballer for a last payday. Yeah. I mean, come on. This place is giving you a living. You owe something to this country. Yeah. No, that's the right attitude. Uh, the, the, it's the right attitude. I wonder how many of them 
do think any further than uh, with their bank balance. I mean, do you agree with Paul Ian on that particular point? Well, football in common sense with money parted company years ago when the Premier League started, and that's when a lot of the greed came to the fore. Um, Jordan Henderson. Just speak up a bit, Ian. Sorry. I'm, I'm almost shouting now, Dave. All right. Uh, Jordan, Jordan Henderson uh, was on £200,000 a week at Liverpool. Now, that doesn't make you a pauper, does it? He's now gone to Saudi Arabia, we're told, £600,000 a week, tax-free. And that's the important thing to remember about Saudi. You don't pay tax. So six hundred grand's actually worth a million yeah. a week. Yeah. So, uh, it, yeah, it, the sort of lifestyle you'll have, well, it'd be the same lifestyle you'd have in somewhere like Dubai. And there's plenty of people go there, and they go there on holiday. <coughs> I think the thing is, if they're doing if, it... If someone's head, waving yeah. that amount of money... At, towards the end of your career. And what Mbappe will probably do, he'll probably say, yeah, I'll go there for a year. At the end of the year, I want my transfer to Real Madrid because that's where I actually want to go and play football. And the Saudis will say, okay, so Real Madrid, we'll, we'll sign him at the end of the year. Um, next season, you, you give us 100 million uh, for, for him and you can have him. The same yeah. piece, but actually less money than you paid for Duke Bellingham, and that's how yeah. that deal's going to work. But no, you, I mean, I think as you, you, as you alluded to, the, as you alluded to there, Ian, if it's a player at the end of their career, a bit like MLS back in the seventies, if they're going out there at the end of their career, which it doesn't apply in Mbappe's case, but it does in Jordan Henderson, going out there at the end of their career for a big payday, good luck to them. But going out in the middle of their in well early stages of their career with Mbappe, um, you know, they're, they're ruining their career. But no, you know, they, 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 Dave Mbappe won't ruin his career next. No, he won't because he's young enough to get back. He's just going for the payday. But if you're Henderson, whoopie do. Well done him. And it allows some youngster to come through the Liverpool side that can well, achieve those heights. The other side of it is Mbappe is getting a loyalty bonus off of PSG next yeah. week. Well, these people get more money. They get more money. Million. Yeah. Hang on, 60 million euros loyalty bonus yeah. next week. Now, he'll have to pay tax on that because he'd be paid that in France. So, but if listen, if someone's going to pay me 60 million and then said, sorry, Ian, but you're going to have to pay tax on it, I go, well, all right then. Okay. Yeah, I know. Paul, another question for you as we just approach the end. Um, listening about Harry Kane at um, Tottenham yeah. and a couple of guys on uh, talk, sport were talking the other day. If you're Harry Kane, um, was it Bayern Munich have been linked with him? Uh, no, no trophies in his time at Tottenham. In search of getting, he's already beaten the Tottenham all-time scorer record, but he's within sight of, I think it's Shearer in the Premier League. Would he want to win a league title, a Bundesliga title with Bayern Munich, but miss out on the Premier League or be seen as the Premier League all-time scorer? That's until, obviously, if he plays, carry on playing in this uh, in this country, uh, the Man City lad overtakes him. I mean, what what's more important to to um, what's more important to Kane being Tottenham's uh, sorry the league's all time scorer or getting a trophy? Oh, that's a difficult one, really. He's been robbed of everything, hasn't he? Yeah. especially at Tottenham. Not sorry, Tottenham fans, but you haven't won anything for quite some time. Um, and it's down to the individual, I guess. Uh, he's done great with England. He's done great with his club. He's been.
been loyal to both. Um, if he feels as though he wants to get a change, why? I don't know. Bayern Munich, good, good team, one of the best teams in the world, obviously. Um, but an English title, I think I'd prefer to stay. And why didn't he go to Man United? Well, if he goes to Man United, you're right there, Paul, isn't it? If he goes to uh, Man United, he's got a chance of winning some silverware. Um, yeah. But Haaland, I mean, again, Haaland's goal-scoring record is phenomenal. He could achieve that record of Premier League top scorer. But if Haaland stays in the UK, um, he could get bypassed. But an interesting one. Um, Women's World Cup's on at the moment. Do you think they're... Um, do, do, do you think they're... Um, Chances of winning are affected by the behind-the-scenes wrangling over bonus payments and whatnot. Paul, I'll ask you that question and I'll ask you the same one. So, uh, are you watching it? And do you think they will not be bothered by this behind-the-scenes rag? Yeah, I watch the MTC. I, I watch the ladies because uh, they, they, after winning the Euro, they actually electrified women's football in this country, and I'm, I'm so glad about it because I've got two grandchildren, two granddaughters, at both. Very good footballers. Ones have just had a role with Ipswich, and they've been connected with some other clubs as well. So I hope one of both makes it because they're so keen about it. But yes, I am watching. This is not the right time to be uh, negotiating or moaning about money. When you're in the middle of a competition, this I think this is a little bit sad. Um, there's all the opportunity to do it after or before, not during. Um, I think it's like going on strike, basically, when they're not doing that. It is a, it is a better fair, I guess, for uh, the, the hierarchy within the game, but also the same for the players. And it must have some kind of effect. They must be talking about it uh, instead of concentrating on their training and getting, getting the results. But I, I sincerely hope they, they do well in this competition. I think they can win it. But you need to be totally concentrated. Uh, and I, I think it's a long, long time to be negotiating and trying to moan about things like this. You must do it in between time. Yeah, no, very sensible. Do you agree with Paul's view on that, Ian? Yeah, I've watched the uh, the England game. I thought they were lucky uh, to win the game the other day. Uh, I, I don't think the uh, amount of money they get will concern them when they're actually in a game or training. They seem a, a happy, united camp from everything you hear. So let's hope... Once again, let's hope they go all the way. Um, they've had some key retirements since the last World Cup, but I think if, and with football and women's sport in particular, I went down and watched the um, one-day international uh, between England and Australia, the, the women's game at Taunton. And apart from actually getting into the ground, which was a complete shambles, I thought it was a brilliant game of cricket. Uh, so, and, and the standard was... Excellent, really good. Uh, so it's great to see it come that way. Should that they get parity, um, I think only if they're getting the same attendances. You could apply the same to the the ladies or the women's team at Bristol City and the men's team. Should they get parity on wages? No, they shouldn't because you're not going to get 24,000 turning up to watch the women's team. Um, so yeah. And, and I, I, I can tell you something I was told by somebody very well in the know is that a, you see Bristol City have lost a player to Chelsea. Um, the best play, paid player at Bristol City um, would be on 
10 times less than the best paid player at uh, Chelsea. Oh, I can believe that. I can believe that. And you can see, I mean, we're in the we're in the women's Super League. I mean, you can see a, a European club competition for women coming ahead of a European club competition league format for men. Okay, guys, look, there's um, we, we've uh, people that are still with us. Hopefully, the sound problems haven't been uh, too bad. Uh, and my coughing and uh, spluttering uh, feel a lot better than I did 24 hours ago. Um, Paul, um, not long to go now. You, do, do you still feel excited, even though you don't play in the season approaching? Yeah, I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm quite keen to see the, the youngsters that have come through how much they've evolved into the team and the strength they've probably added on in the last season, and also the experience they've gained learning how to lose, but also learning how to win. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I'm, I'm very optimistic. Look, looking forward to the season and the hospitality running that as well this season. So, and uh, have a bit of fun and get some results. And hopefully the fans will get beyond the last and um, we can help. Well, get you them. never know. Maybe it's our year this year. Paul, thanks ever so much. And uh, Ian, thank you uh, as well, as always. What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy, as happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Red Red Robin's out, ba 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 along. When the Red Red Robin comes, ba 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 along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Thank you. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.